Welcome to the, the Youth, youth ministry, ministry in Motion podcast. The number one youth ministry podcast on the planet. The show that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Now, here's your host, author, speaker, and trainer, Paul Turner. What's going on, youth workers? How are you doing this fine day? Glad to be with you on this episode of the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast. And uh, we're a week away from Halloween. And I'm a little nervous uh, because I really don't want kids coming up to my door dressed as the coronavirus. Uh, so uh, I'll probably be wearing a mask. I'll probably wear a costume. I'm thinking about going Viking this year. I don't know. I have a couple of shields and whatnot so and a sword. So that, that could be a thing. We'll see. Uh, but let me tell you something. I have a great interview for you today. Uh, before we get into that, tell you some top cities that are listening to the podcast. Los Angeles, St. Paul, Minnesota, Chicago. Welcome. Welcome into the podcast, guys. Countries, United States. This is the past, past seven days, by the way. United States, Netherlands, and Puerto Rico are all topping out. And last but not least, our top listeners, which uh, SoundCloud has decided to turn back on. Thank you, SoundCloud. Uh, top listener for the past seven days is Melinda Turner. Now, listen, there's no relation here. I have no brothers, no sisters. I am an only child. So Melinda Turner, wherever you are, great last name. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We have a great guest today, Cassandra Smith, who's going to be talking about how to change your narrative. We're going to talk about, you know, helping change the narrative of students. Uh, but we're also going to be diving in, talking about your narrative as a youth worker, that you as a person, you're not just a, a role, right? You're not just to have a title. You're a real person that came into youth ministry with a narrative. And maybe that narrative isn't the best narrative. And maybe you're trying to change that narrative uh, as an individual. And we're going to get into that as well. Before we do, I want to let you know about something really cool. Uh, that is the Youth Ministry Playbook 2021 is now on pre-sale. And if you don't know what that is, some of you do because you've purchased 2020s. And I promise it wasn't the playbook's fault that 2020 went the way it went. Okay. Uh, but the, but the 2021 is going to be better that I can, well, I can't promise or guarantee, but I can tell you this, it'll get your year off to a great start at thinking about youth ministry. So what's included in this, for those that don't know, you're going to get forms, you're going to get worksheets, you're going to get articles. In addition to that, as part of the pre-sale, uh, you're also going to get the youth ministry meeting playbook, which has 52 worksheets. It has planning sheets, it has articles, it has worksheets, it, and they're all different than what's in the youth ministry playbook itself. Uh, so that's part of the package as well as part of the pre-sale. And one more thing that I've added is a four-week series called Open Your Eyes. It's my latest series. Uh, it comes with slides, all those things. It's, you know, it's Open Your Eyes to Jesus, Open Your Eyes to Who You Are, Open Your Eyes to Hope, and How to Be a Visionary. This would be a great kickoff series. And so I wanted to put it in there uh, just for you guys uh, so you can get your year started off right. And uh, that's it, guys. But the but the sale is only going on till November 14th. November 14th, I am shipping these books out. These are the physical books. Your The other items are, are, are going to be PDFs, uh, the youth meeting playbook, and you're going to get a PDF version of uh, the youth ministry playbook so you can make copies, all that kind of good stuff. And so I hope that you'll tap into this. It's a great opportunity to get your year off to a great start. Uh, and that's it. That's enough of the announcements. Link will be in the description below to get yours. And uh, we're going to have a talk today with Miss Cassandra Smith about what it means to change your narrative. I do apologize in advance. Uh, I did not have my regular microphone where I was. I happened to be uh, at a family gathering and I had to slip away to do the interview. So I apologize for any quality issues. All right. And welcome, Miss Cassandra Smith, back 
to the podcast. You are only one of a few people, one of a handful, that has made the the leap into the second um, the second appearance here. So thank you for coming back on. Well, thank you for having me back. I enjoy it. Now, the last time we spoke, you were a youth pastor. I was doing youth ministry. But tell me about your origin story a little bit for our listeners so that they can know a little bit about your your youth ministry origin story and how you got involved in youth ministry and a little bit about what you're doing right now. Sure. I I was a youth group kid myself, like through and through. Um, Even when I went to college, I stayed with my church and just started to chaperone because we always need chaperones in youth ministry. Uh, Extra people to drive the cars. (laughs) It's no longer in existence, but Acquire the Fire and Team Mania Ministries. Um, I got to partner with them on and off for about 10 years and travel the road and um, go from city to city and arena to arena to meet with kids and youth pastors and hear their stories and work really hard loading in and loading out and just loved it. Really fell in love with listening to stories and listening to the heartbeat of what was going on in culture in youth culture. And shortly after my final year of um, road managing for the organization, I was then offered a position at a local church, which changed my perception a little bit because I went from weekend events and hanging out with students and youth pastors for a weekend to living with them and growing up with them and had a youth director role for six years at a small church in Pennsylvania and uh, resigned that position in 2018 and have been focused on a lot of writing and a couple new projects since then. So I've been on and off in youth ministry for about 15 years and just love students, love student ministry and love coming alongside other youth pastors because we've got to stick together. There's a lot going on out there. There is, and youth pastors do have to stick together. I agree with that completely. And uh, you wrote a book too, didn't you? I Go did. ahead and plug your books. I'll put a link down there again. Sure. So my original book um, in 2014 that brought you and me together so many yes. years ago um, was titled Letters to God, Diary of an Unsilenced Generation. I was um, blessed with a unique um a unique thing that happened when I road managed for Acquire the Fire the very last year is I found um, various letters which students were um, given a ministry moment inside of the arena on Friday night to just kind of let some of their burdens go and a lot of students left discarded those letters and I always went back into the arenas to pick them up and read them and pray over them and by the end of the year I had about 4,000 of those letters and reading through them really gave me a um, a lot of perspective and an in-depth look at just what students were dealing with, what adults were dealing with. Um, And I felt like it needed to be shared, protected their identities, protected their stories, um, but really wanted to share that with others so that they could have empathy, have sympathy, but also see themselves and see if there's help and hope and healing. And um, so I compiled that book in 2014 and that led me further into my journey of creating a lot of resources for crisis issues and into um, a project I'm working on now called Change Your Narrative. But that's what originally brought us together. Exactly. But each one of those, and I I can see the connecting points here because each one of those letters is a narrative in itself, right? It's It's a moment in time when this young person, it's a moment along the narrative. This, you read just this part of their story of where they're at. And exactly. I, I want to ask you, youth workers that are listening and uh, or watching via the YouTube uh, are wondering because they are 
kids are coming into your, into their youth ministry with yeah. a narrative. There's yeah. something that they don't know, right? There's they're, they're, they're catching a kid at a certain point at a certain time in their life. And some of those narratives are not great. They're not, they're not super. They're, they're heartbreaking, much like some of the letters that you read that were in your book. And, and so give the youth workers that are listening and watching a little bit of an idea of how to come alongside. There may be some who are wondering, well, how do I help students through this part of their life? You know, how do I help them change what's going on? And maybe you can offer them some tips and say, here's how you can work alongside with God and allowing God to move in you and through you to help young people change the narrative that's going on in their world. Yeah. I mean, I, one of the taglines that I really believe in is that you can shift an incomplete story towards truth. Like to me, I look at these stories, look at the letters, look at the students that I've worked with or anyone that I can listen to this and the students that you're thinking of in your mind. Yeah. Like you said, we get a glimpse. We only know one part of the story. And to me, it's incomplete. It doesn't mean that they're incomplete or that they're broken or damaged. It means the story has room to go on further. And I think for me, um, if I were to go back a good number of years, I found it incredibly overwhelming at first to hear the stories of brokenness. I didn't know what to do the first time a student came to me and told me that they were cutting themselves. I honestly didn't know what my responsibility was the first time I was told about sexual abuse. These are hard things to hear. And you know, your heart goes out to them, you want to be with them, to sit beside them, to let them cry, to do whatever they need to do. But then there comes that second moment of, I'm the adult here, what am I supposed to do? Do I, do I tell the authorities, parent? Is it safe to tell a parent? Is it safe to tell a trusted adult? Because you don't know always the full parameters of the story. So I think the first thing I would want to say is I get that moment of feeling lost. If, if you or someone else is like, I don't know if I want to ask about certain stories. I get it. Or if it's hard, like I, I'm very sensitive. And so like to hear certain things from these kids that I just adore, it it messes you up. And so I think the first thing I'd say is it sounds cliche, but you know, take care of you. Make sure that you have either support inside or outside of youth ministry, whether it's family or friends or church staff or just someone there so you can actually talk it through and figure out what are the practical tools. Yeah. Because I believe God is the one who's going to help us shift our own stories, but also help us come alongside of students as they're shifting theirs. But there's also this tandem of sometimes you need to call a licensed counselor. Sometimes you need to call the authorities. Sometimes you need to call a doctor. There, there's practical help, there's spiritual help. And a lot of times I'm finding in these deeper issues, it's our responsibility to point them in the direction towards both. Not to be the end all, but to point them towards both sides of it. So I guess I would say, I, I feel you, I see you and I understand, but I think that's why it's so important to have community and to come together yeah. to find those resources to help each other out. Well, that is so wise, though. I mean, that is such tremendous wisdom because I know there's youth workers that are listening, watching, that do feel overwhelmed. They, they, they have, that's not, and that's just one kid's narrative. You don't know how many kids in your youth group are dealing with the five or six or all these things, you know, that are going through the things. And it's an overwhelming thing for a youth worker. Yeah. to say, how is this going to change? How, and of yeah. course, the Lord's going to be a part of all this. The Lord, you know, is master of changing yeah. it. 
right? Taking people out of one life, putting them into a new life, all right. those things. Complete trust in the Lord. He's going to do that. But we are his hands and his feet. Yeah. We have to do the work. We have to do some of those things. And, you know, I, it brings me to this, though, that there are some youth workers, though, whose narrative needs help themselves. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the, 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 what is it, the, the, the broken healer, right? Broken the, healer. Right. The, the ones who are trying to help are often yeah. the ones who are hurting the most. And, and so, sometimes a student story can trigger your own. So true. And it can mess you up to where you can't yeah. think straight, maybe in a Correct. moment, right? To say, oh, that's, I don't know how to deal with my own emotions about that. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, it's, you know, you almost feel like you almost have to remove. It, two things happen. Either you remove yourself from the situation and, and somebody else has to handle it. Or you go down that trail and you don't know what you're going to say or what you're going to do or what emotions it's going to evoke uh, in you. Um, But these youth workers that are listening and watching have their own narrative that God's trying to sort out. So what then would you advise to youth workers who are dealing with that, right? Who are dealing with their own narrative as they're trying to help students with theirs? Sure. I mean, I believe in the power of counseling, of therapy, of whatever you need to do to make sure that you are able to find your own wholeness. I don't think that that's weakness. I think that's courage. Um, I've had to go there several times myself, um, both inside and outside of ministry, because it is hard. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm sensitive. Like, and if a kid cries, I'm crying. Like, I probably won't cry in front of them, but I'll go home and I'll have a hard night. Like, it's just tough. I know that that's not everybody. But it, you, when you care for students, when you invest in them, you're, you're just going to be there with them. And so if it is triggering, if it does kind of jar some stuff, I get it. I would say two things. Say number one, take care of yourself. Number two is, I believe in something called the, the gift of going second. And sometimes I think that we shy away from our own brokenness. We shy away from the parts of our story that aren't complete yet. But I think sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is walk up to a student or someone that you care for and let them know, like, I don't have all the answers and I've been in a similar spot. And do you know what that does? It actually lets them say, me too. Yeah. And lets them see, like, you don't have to have it all figured out. There's not all this pressure to just, like, find the fix. Yeah. I have walked up to students and told them, like, listen, I'm still in the ugly, messy middle of this myself. I don't know yet. But I do know that I'm not where I was 20 years ago. And I do know that like, I'm not 17 and broken anymore. And I know that like, it's hard, but like I did some hard things to make it better and it's going to be okay. And so I think being real with kids is not bad. I think telling them I don't know is okay as well. There's a line because we're not, they're not our counselors. Right. Using them to emotionally emote and Um, let them make us feel better or figure it out together. That's not what I'm talking about. But, you know, I find God has always been very good to me that in those moments when I'm scared to death and don't have a clue. For me, I feel like he's talking to me and he's been with me. And I find that it, you know, I think God cares for us. And it's not just like, he's only going to be there for that student. He's going to be there for us too. And I find them to be very healing moments. Again, I'm not trying to use a student. But in those times, I do find it to be somewhat healing and encouraging. And sometimes that gives me courage to take the next step in my own healing as well. 
Yeah, and it's so important, and youth workers, pay attention. God doesn't just want to work through you. He wants to work in you. Yeah. He wants to do the big work inside of you as the youth worker, as, the, yeah. as a person, as an individual, as a son, as a daughter. God wants to do this work in you. Yeah. And because sometimes we can't deal with these other big issues until we yeah. deal with our own big issues. And every right. youth, listen, we all got into youth work because we were screwed up at some point. And some, am I right? Yes. We, we were screwed up and the Lord came, touched our lives and probably a good youth worker who didn't have it all together yep. came and ministered to us. And we said, yep. light bulb, I, that's it right there. That's the deal. But for those who are still trying, and it's not, it may not be anything like, abuse or things like that there's other narratives right there's other right. things where youth workers male female are trying to work their way through something yeah. it could be a divorce it could sure. be a lack of education it could be a yeah. lack of self-esteem it could be a lack of anything right or just something difficult and i know that you have a new program and i want you to talk about this because there are youth workers who i think would greatly benefit from this so I want you to tell those that are watching, those that are listening, what are you working on and how do you see it with the, the people you're working with now as they begin to work through these things? Sure. I, um, I took a little bit of a step back from youth ministry for a little while. Um, I really wanted to focus on, in some ways, what do I want to be when I grow up? Like, what, what do I want? I feel like I've been given a lot of... Um, some people, a good friend once told me that I was a collector of stories and I liked that. I feel like I've, I want to steward other people's stories. Well, I feel like I need to take a little bit of time and kind of look at those stories and go, what do I do with this? I know there was times that I was frustrated because I couldn't find what I was looking for inside of youth ministry help. Um, some of the resources that were out there. And so for the past two years, I focused on creating what I was looking for. As I looked through letters to God, um, I found eight predominant uh, themes that uh, just struck again and again. And those themes are abuse, addiction, anxiety, bullying, depression, what I'm calling image matters or eating disorders and some of our self-esteem, um, self-harm and suicidal ideation. These were just constant again and again. And so I, I've sat with those themes and looked at what does it look like to change your narrative if those themes are prevalent in your life, if grief and loss is in your life, if there's relationship heartache in your life, like how do we actually work through that? And for me, I believe there's some key elements. It's understanding that victim is not your name tag. It's that you might've failed in a moment, but failure is not your identity. It's that you really do have the power to take back the pen of your life. Like you don't have to give it away to other people to try to earn their acceptance. So I've worked with these different themes and, and tried to find one cohesive story and a way to process through those, through some actionable um, like worksheets. And I created about 300 videos that address various topics and some of these themes in order to be able to sit down with anybody, student, adult, um, anything that's age appropriate and say, if you deal with one of these issues, I see you, I understand you. I know you may not want to actually talk to someone face to face. So let's do it over YouTube and let's 
process this out and figure out how to do it. That entire, um, all of that content is something called Change Your Narrative. And my hope and my goal is to help youth workers, teachers, coaches, either inside of ministry spaces or secular spaces to understand like there is a place that you can begin to walk through that messy middle. And my hope is that on the other side, you can understand a shift in the story what's possible and you can get to that place that you're looking for. It really is within your control, even though other people have made it difficult. Like I, I'm rooting for you and I want you to go find that wholeness that everyone deserves. Yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and that so much resonates with me in regards to who you give your pen to. Yes. I remember as a youth worker, I would often give my pen to the pastor. Sure. But he, as a leader, would help me finish my story. Yeah. And, yeah. and oftentimes, it was a bad move. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bad move. And that was me. That was in my 20s. That's in my 30s. That's in my 40s where I thought if I gave this pen to this leader and, you know, abuse isn't just, there's physical, there's mental, there's no. those Listen, there's a lot of things that go on in the church. There's a lot of yeah. uh, uh, leadership issues. There's things like that, that I think there's a lot of youth workers listening and watching who yeah. say, well, listen, I need a little help with my narrative. I've put my trust into places. Maybe I shouldn't have put my trust. And now that broke me. Yeah. And maybe change your narrative it's changeyournarrative.com, right? Changeyournarrative.net. .net, excuse me. Then okay. maybe this, and maybe you could speak to that as well, even just some of these things that I just spoke of, sure. with somebody with those kinds of issues. Like I said, they're, they're, they're not full-blown, but they're yeah. somewhere in the messy middle of things where, it's, yeah. where, where they've dealt with church abuse. They've dealt with pastors who have been yeah. toxic or toxic cultures that they've been in or toxic faith. Yeah, it's, it's very prevalent, and I don't think it's something that we talk about. Yeah. Um, there's one verse that's really stuck with me throughout this process. Like I said, I, I internalize a lot. I, hearing a lot of stories is very difficult for me. Um, Isaiah 28, 6 says um, that, that he will be, it's not about God, he will be a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment and a sense of strength for those who turn back the battle at the gate. Mm. I love that. I love this idea of God will be there. He will give us our strength when the battle is just about to crush you. Mm. Like, and I know that spot. I know that spot, whether it's a student and I can see their gate is caving. And God has promised me he will be a source of strength right in that moment. But then also for myself, because I get tired and I needed to step away from youth ministry for a little while because I, the battle was at my gate. Yeah. And I understand that. And I think what's difficult is I think it, it feels like you're not allowed to say things when you're in ministry. You're not allowed to say when we're tired. You're not allowed to say when you try to get someone help and it doesn't fall. Yeah. Or when you try to intervene and it blows up in your face, even though you did the right thing. These are heavy things. And so what do you do with that? And who do you talk to if you are a pastor, if you are a youth director, if you're a parent? I think there are parents that don't know what to do. You feel like a failure because you're watching your child suffer and you feel like it's your responsibility. And it is, but have, we're 2020. Let's talk about 2020. Let's talk about, let's talk about the fact that students have these 
And do you know what they can access on this? Anything. And is a parent ready for that? No. That doesn't mean it's your fault. Failure is not an identity. It's a moment. Yeah. But all of us can internalize that and it can become heavy. So I understand. And it, it grieves my heart when I do see, like you said, pastors, parents, youth ministers, teachers, coaches who are going, it's too much. I get it. It is a lot. And I think because we're those wounded healers and we think that we need to give and we do give and it's beautiful, but there's a line where you've given and it's okay to say like, okay, I need, I need to make sure that I'm okay. It doesn't mean we're being selfish. It means we're actually being very courageous to light the path to say, I will stop and get help because that actually opens the doors for others to be able to stop and get help later too. So it's, it's lighting the path more than it is giving up. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. That is, that is uh, just incredible wisdom there because it does take courage um, to step away from something you love, like youth yeah. ministry, yeah. Like, like your teaching job, like, you know, those are things. Now, you can't step away if you're a parent, by the way. If you're a parent. No, no <laughs> but you can away. intervene and, and bring in some people onto your team. That is correct. Don't step away, right? Bring people in right. to help you fight the battle at the gate, right? And one right. of those people, I think, is Cassandra Smith here. Mm -hmm. I think you could put Cassandra Smith on your team and say, look, help me change my narrative. Help sure. me work alongside with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord working with us in the mix. I need a person. I need a person to talk to. Yes, the Lord's with me. Yes, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. But man, I got to work these things out. I have to, yeah. I need somebody to help me through a process. Not just, it's not counseling. It's not therapy. But you have steps that says, hey, we're going to walk through this thing yeah. together. Yeah. Can you give me an idea of some of the steps, some of the things, the process that you go through with, with somebody that would say, hey, I'm really interested in this. How can I change my narrative? Sure. I, I've mentioned a couple of them is, you know, the very first one is like, what is a narrative? What does that mean? It can sound like a fancy word, like a yeah. term. It's, it's looking at your life saying, my life is a story and it is incomplete. It doesn't mean that I'm incomplete. It means there's opportunity to build. And so I can look at what I have right now and say, okay, I like these pages. I don't like these pages, but I still have half an empty book yeah. or three quarters of an empty book. Yeah. And I actually can take this moment to say, okay, let me take back the pen. And so I've got 20 different key concepts. The first one is what is a narrative? Yeah. And each one, so I, I have one book, which is called I'm Changing It. And it's really the process. And every single one of these 20 steps comes with a QR code with a YouTube video. And I want to sit beside whoever's looking through the book and go, I get you. Let me explain this concept to you. And then here is some questions to fill out, like to really think and process your story. Because honestly, do we really sit and process our story much? We don't. We just keep going. But right. taking that time to go, well, what is my narrative? Well, what is some of the unfinished business? What is a letter that I need to write to someone where I go, actually, I'm going to assign appropriate responsibility to the parties that changed my story in a way which was not okay. And I'm going to remove myself from the responsibility because I, I was not at fault in this. I'm going to let myself go. And walking through some of those processes with a guide, my hope is that it can help someone find a way to make the shift instead of just talking about it, but actually go piece by piece through, no, victim is not my name tag. I have a different name. 
and I'm gonna build my team around me and this is how. And I'm gonna figure out how to continue the adventure on my terms with a whole, like, whole heart to go figure out what that is and just head towards the life that we're all looking for. It doesn't mean we actually get there like this. Yep. Um, but I, I walked through each one of those 20 steps and said, this is what it looked like for me. Yep. This is what I hope it looks like for you. And here's how to process each one of those. Well, those are tremendous steps. That sounds like an awesome process. Tell everybody how they can go ahead and start this process. For those that are listening, those that are watching, say, okay, how do I begin and how do I start the change uh, to change the narrative so I can be better regardless of your field, regardless of what you're sure. into as a role, youth worker, parent, coach, teacher, any of those things, where can they start that? Go to changeyournarrative.net. The homepage explains our story a little bit, but then there's a tab in there, no matter which um, theme might resonate the most with you or someone that you care for. The movement was built, whether or not you're looking to make a shift or you are coming alongside of someone else who is making that shift. Um, like you said, parent, pastor, coach, teacher, aunt, best friend. Um, we all care for each other. We want to be there through some of those dark moments. The process works whether or not you resonate with one of our themes or you're just trying to figure out how to make a shift in your story. Um, some of it is specific guidance based off of the issue that you might be looking for or just you want to walk through a process. So go to changeyournarrative.net, figure out which theme resonates with you, check out our YouTube um, videos. They're categorized based off of what you're looking for. And we really just want to come alongside of you. Additionally, there are about 200 downloadable PDFs um, to, again, go through. What is that question that you're looking for? If the question is, what do I do if someone I care for is, we have an answer to that. What do I do if I, there's, an, there's a process for that. We just really want to come inside of you no matter who you are and what you're looking for. We are not the end all. We are not the fix it. My only job is to point you towards people who are way more qualified than I am, but to also let you know that there's hope. You are not alone. And like we are rooting for you to find the wholeness that you really do deserve. With that, uh, Ms. Cassandra, if you have questions, youth workers, if you're listening or watching, uh, how can people get a hold of you? If they have more questions, uh, sure. how can they get on social or anywhere else? Uh, uh, we have a Facebook and Instagram at uh, Change Your Narrative is just the handle for both of them. Um, but again, we've got a contact button on changingyournarrative.net and we're happy to go through those emails and try to provide the best support that we can through there. Well, Cassandra, I thank you so much for investing in the lives of youth workers, teachers, parents, pastors, I want to just say, look, pastors, if you're listening, I don't know how many pastors listen to this podcast, but this is for you too. Pastors mm -hmm. have narratives. Pastors yeah. are, uh, have hard positions, yeah. right? Oftentimes they're, they're, the, they're considered the, the boogeyman for the youth worker because, you know, they, they don't approve budgets or they don't let you do things. But pastor, let me just tell you, you can change your narrative too. Your job is hard and this is a process for you as well. And uh, so Cassandra, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story, sharing your narrative. And I believe if people will go to changeyournarrative.net, I think they're going to discover um, some great tools and great thoughts and a great process to start working through their own narrative and find some hope and find healing and let Jesus kind of change the whole thing around. I hope so.
Thanks, Cassandra. Thanks for being Thank on. You so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. And that's it, youth workers. I hope that you enjoyed this interview. I hope it was a blessing to you. Uh, I hope the Lord spoke to you during this, uh, maybe about your own narrative, and that God is seeking to do some work in you, with or without Cassandra's uh, process that she has. Uh, my hope is that uh, you're finding hope and healing somewhere in your life. Uh, if you feel like you need something else, man, go visit uh, Cassandra's website and see if there might be something there uh, she can help you with. So, but that's it for today, guys. Appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. And uh, if you have time, please go by iTunes and leave a review. It helps the podcast be found. And uh, you can offer a few comments as well and uh, share with the people why you enjoy listening to the podcast. So that's it for today, guys. Appreciate you guys being here. And we'll catch you guys in the next episode. You've been listening to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast with Paul Turner. Visit thediscipleproject.net to sign up for the Youth Ministry Roundup newsletter and get powerful and practical youth ministry tools in your inbox every month.